this is the More Than Right Podcast, and I'm your host, Steve Lopez. Last Fourth of July weekend, there were fireworks at the White House, and I don't mean the explosive and colorful kind. The Secret Service found a small bag of cocaine in the executive mansion. At first, reports said they found the blow in a White House library. But the Secret Service later said the powder turned up in a well-traveled area near a White House entrance. According to NBC News, quote, The area is transited by VIPs, visitors, tourists, staff members, military officials, and facilities operations employees, unquote. A White House correspondent asked Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre for comment. Can you give any more details on where the Secret Service found cocaine in the West Wing and how it got there? So, as you know, this is under the preview of the Secret Service. Uh, they are currently investigating uh, what happened over the weekend, so I would have to refer you uh, to, the Secret First, to the Secret Service on all of this. But one thing that I can share, that I'll, that I'll uh, share a little bit more information, as you know, the, the, the President and the First Lady and their family were not here this weekend, as you all reported on this, and as you also know that they left on Friday and returned just yesterday. Uh, where uh, where this was discovered uh, is a heavily traveled area where many White House, uh, West Wing, I should be even more specific, uh, West Wing visitors uh, come through uh, this particular area. I just don't have anything more to share. It is under investigation by the Secret Service. This is in their purview, and so we're gonna, going to allow uh, certainly the investigation to continue, and we have confidence that the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this. Reporters also wondered if this posed a security threat, being the cocaine was discovered near the White House Situation Room. So, they asked National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. We are using uh, an alternate Situation Room in the Eisenhower Executive Office building. So, the only people coming in and going out of the sit room in this period have been workers who are getting it ready to go. By the way, it's on time and on schedule to be... (laughs) Uh, to be uh, back on station here in the not-too-distant future. But no, there was no issue with the situation room relative to this. And then finally, uh, look, we have rigorous drug testing policies at the White House. We have rigorous drug use policies here at the White House. We take those extremely seriously. So we'll let the investigation unfold. If it involves someone from the White House, the appropriate consequences will ensue. If it involves some visitor who came in and left it, then that's a different matter uh, that raises a different set of questions that are less relevant to to my line of work. Um, So I will leave it at that. But I do not believe at present, as things stand here at the podium today, that we are facing some national security threat, uh, uh, ongoing national security threat. So you ask, Who could be so drug-addled they'd risk smuggling cocaine into the world's most secure location? The question that follows, then, is, who was at the White House on the recent Fourth of July weekend that presents the most likely suspect? Well, as Sherlock Holmes famously said, when you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. Last Fourth of July weekend, Hunter Biden, the president's crack-addicted son, was at the White House with wife Melissa and young son Beau. But Politico reported a Secret Service source as saying 
it will be difficult to identify the cocaine-snorting culprit. This caused a few raised eyebrows at Fox News. According to host Greg Gutfeld, they, they, it went from like they, it was found in a library, highly specific, to a working area. And they kept stressing this over and over again. The possibility of suspects are endless. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll, ne- we'll, pro- we'll probably never get to the bottom oh. of this one. It'll be another unsolved mystery. <laughs> and our media, who generally love to pursue a great story, when it's a Republican, will not do anything on it. And I know that sounds so repetitive, the shoe on the other foot thing, but it is true that if this were, you know, I mean, like in the last couple of weeks, we've had a a trans activist burying her breasts. We find Coke. It's like if this were, it's like they're running a, you know, a low rent strip club. Yes. (laughs) But I also do love how the media pounces on the right for bringing up Hunter as if like he isn't the most obvious culprit. Is there somebody else we're missing media? Should we be talking about Kamala's laughter? Is that what you would prefer? But this is a guy who leaves drugs, guns, and laptops everywhere. He got thrown out of the Navy for, for a Coke. He got thrown out of the Chateau Marmont. It's hard to get thrown out of the Chateau Marmont. Trust me, I have tried. Remember, the U.S. Justice Department recently offered Hunter Biden a sweetheart deal. Offenses like influence peddling, tax evasion, and lying on a federal weapons background check normally result in more than just a slap on the wrist. But Hunter Biden is an American princeling, a term that usually defines the privileged offspring of communist Chinese officials. Meanwhile, the White House recently announced they had closed the investigation into the possible owner of that mysterious bag of cocaine. According to the New York Times, the Secret Service said, quote, it had closed its investigation into how cocaine ended up on the guest lobby of the West Wing after security video failed to provide any leads and no fingerprints were found on the bag, unquote. And so, two possibilities come to mind. Either the mysterious White House coke fiend is smarter than the best foreign intelligence service at infiltrating the most secure U.S. government building on the planet, Or the Secret Service, like other U.S. deep state intelligence agencies, is protecting the Biden crime family. IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley, a man familiar with Hunter's tax problems, recently told CBS News the Justice Department pressured the Internal Revenue Service to slow walk its tax fraud investigation of the president's son. And while we're on the subject of whistleblowers, another has come forward one with intimate knowledge of the Biden family's connection to the nefarious and now-defunct Chinese energy company CEFC. That whistleblower is Dr. Gal Luft. And if there was ever a reason for Hunter Biden to seek the relief of a cocaine-induced holiday getaway, Dr. Luft just might be that reason. The man has been on the run since jumping bail last April following his arrest by authorities on Cyprus. The fugitive is Dr. Gal Luft, co-founder of the Washington, D.C. think tank called the Institute for Analysis of Global Security, whose website says, 
directs attention to the strong link between energy and security, and provides a stage for public debate on the various avenues to strengthening the world's energy security, unquote. He's being sought by federal prosecutors for the Southern District of New York on a seven-count indictment. Among the list of charges is Luft's alleged sale of weapons and his failure to register as a foreign agent representing an overseas business entity in the U.S. That client was company CEFC China Energy, which was once the 10th largest energy conglomerate in the world, the same Chinese company that was a major financial benefactor to Hunter Biden and the big guy, President Joe Biden. The company is no more having been dissolved than its financial assets seized by the Chinese state, and CEFC's chairman, Yi Ziming, was arrested by Chinese authorities and disappeared with extreme prejudice in 2018 two years before the 2020 U.S. presidential election. You see, Dr. Luft was a senior advisor to CEFC and intimately familiar with Hunter Biden's financial dealings with the Chinese energy giant. In a video recently posted online, Fugitive Luft explains what he knows about the Biden's financial dealings with China. My ordeal goes back to uh, a fatal decision I made in March of 2019 to share with the U.S. government my knowledge about the Biden family's relations with CFC. As I said, it was in March of 2019 in a two-day session at the U.S. Embassy in Brussels. I insisted that the meeting take place in March because at the time there were rumors that Joe Biden was planning to run for president. I saw it as my civic duty to alert the government beforehand and give it enough time to probe the issue. I want to be clear. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I have no political motive or agenda. I did it out of deep concern that if the Bidens were to come to power, the country would be facing the same traumatic Russia collusion scandal, only this time with China. Attending the March meeting, were U.S. Justice Department and FBI officials. Among the FBI contingent was Special Agent Joshua Wilson, a name that will factor prominently concerning a little item that once belonged to Hunter Biden. The information I provided the FBI in March of 2019 was fully corroborated nine months later when the famous laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, which contained all the emails and receipts, was handed to the FBI. And guess who seized the laptop from the computer repair shop? It was Special Agent Joshua Wilson, who was with me in Brussels earlier. In other words, the FBI knew about, uh, from me, about the Biden CFC deals before they got hold of the laptop, way before. Republicans on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee had better subpoena the FBI for the transcript of Dr. Luft's meeting with the DOJ and FBI officials in 2019, then drag FBI Special Agent Joshua Wilson before the committee to explore his role in the FBI's election interference of 2020. Days after whistleblower Luft posted his video detailing Hunter and Joe Biden's lucrative influence peddling scheme, 
the U.S. Justice Department handed down its indictment. According to the New York Times, quote, Mr. Luft, prosecutor said, helped Chinese arms manufacturers sell anti-tank launchers, grenade launchers, and mortar rounds to Libya. He referred to them as toys and communications obtained by the government, bombs and rockets to the United Arab Emirates, and military drones to Kenya. He told an associate that the unwillingness of U.S. officials to sell weapons to Kenya provided them with an opportunity for profit, unquote. If this is true, what role did the Bidens play in securing the sale of the previously mentioned weapons? After all, the Bidens made millions of dollars working with CEFC China Energy. And since Hunter Biden represented this foreign business entity in the U.S., why hasn't he been charged with failing to register as a foreign agent? We all know the answer to that question by now. The U.S. justice system protects politically connected Democrats in high places, whether it concerns mysterious bags of cocaine found in the White House or a U.S. political family selling influence to nations that pose an existential threat to America. Need proof? IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler offered damning testimony before Congress regarding IRS and Justice Department corruption. He detailed the tax crimes of Hunter Biden and the misuse of prosecutorial discretion by the U.S. government to shield its favored friends and their families. In early 2020, Hunter Biden's unfiled and delinquent tax returns were being prepared, which included his 2018 tax return. During the 2020 time period, by Hunter Biden's own account, he was sober, newly married, and writing his memoir. Hunter Biden's accountants requested that he sign a representation letter stating that all the deductions were for business purposes and were being reported appropriately. Statements Hunter Biden made in his book completely contradicted what he was deducting as business deductions on his 2018 return. While writing his memoir, Hunter stated, I holed up inside the chateau for the first six weeks and learned how to cook crack. Hunter Biden allegedly falsely claimed payments made to the Chateau Marmont, a hotel room for his supposed drug dealer, sex club memberships, falsely referenced on the wire as a golf membership, hotels he was blacklisted from, and a Columbia University tuition payment for his adult daughter. All of these items were used to support the willfulness element for felony tax evasion. These false deductions claimed by Hunter Biden caused a false return to be prepared that underreported his total income by approximately $267,000 and a loss to the U.S. Treasury of $106,000. Second, with respect to the 2014 tax year, Hunter Biden did not report any of the money he earned from Burisma for the 2014 tax year, which would have been a tax loss to the government of $124,000. According to my previous testimony, Hunter Biden did not report this income to the IRS or pay tax on the source of income. There is nothing that I see in the public documents as to the Department of Justice's action against Hunter Biden that indicate that Hunter Biden will be required to pay tax on this Burisma income from 2014 or amend his 2014 tax return. Did you hear that? Hunter Biden has yet to amend his 2014 tax return to include the bribes he received from Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings or pay any tax on it. A revenue stream 
that earned the crack attic nearly $1 million that year. The line we keep hearing, at least as regards President Trump, is that no man is above the law. But in today's America, we know this to be a lie. It took a president in the grips of dementia and his crackhead son to prove that fact. Signer of the Declaration of Independence, member of Congress, and Associate Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, James Wilson once wrote, quote, Without liberty, law loses its nature and its name and becomes oppression. Without law, liberty also loses its nature and its name and becomes licentiousness, unquote. Hunter Biden is an avatar for the licentiousness associated with raw, unrestrained power, the kind of power that brings out the worst rather than the best in human nature, the kind of power that goes to extraordinary lengths to exonerate its friends and prosecute its enemies, the kind of power that exemplifies the corruption now killing the American Republic. In his 1850 book, The Law, French economist and politician Frédéric Bostiat observed, quote, When plunder is abetted by the law, it does not fear your courts, your police, and your prisons. Rather, it may call upon them for help, unquote. The Biden family is blessed to belong to that favored and connected group who can rely on a corrupt justice system to assist in the Klan's financial crimes. The flip side to this corruption is the justice system's weaponization against all those outside the group. And just in case you need reminding, that elite group is comprised of hard-left Democrats. And for hard-left Democrats, the best and brightest among their elite cadre is a crack-addicted, whoremongering, influence-peddling Hunter Biden and his unpopular, confused, stumbling, and dementia-plagued father. And these two men of questionable character represent the flower of what our ruling elites call democracy. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right podcast. If you feel so inclined, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, this is Steve Lopez. Thank you.